Hey guys, it's Steve Baker, uh, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist. Uh, shorten that up to TPC and uh, we're good to go. Hey, I'm a little bit out of sorts today. I have uh, been on the road for weeks and weeks and I am uh, not going home anytime soon. Uh, lots of reasons for that, but I can't wait to share some of the uh, more exciting reasons for that here coming up in a little bit as I proceed with this um, solo podcast. Uh, Scott could not be with me today. Scott is a little bit under the weather, so uh, we wish him the best uh, out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In the meantime, I'm sitting here in Tampa, Florida. I was uh, in town for the big festivities last night, um, otherwise known as the uh, Super Bowl, uh, aka the uh, Tampa Bay Patriots beating the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, or we shouldn't be calling them Chiefs anymore. Uh, as you know, there were plenty of protests here over the, uh, the, the name chiefs once again people with nothing better to do than be offended at something that uh well first of all i, I saw them marching and saying that they were uh, we're not mascots we're not mascots well guess what you're not chiefs either uh, so i don't know why that term offends you but uh that's uh neither here nor there i would assume that there are a there might be a chief or two that might take offense, but uh, in most of the history of this particular uh, controversy over the naming of uh, sports teams, the um, uh, indigenous peoples, otherwise known as Native Americans, otherwise known as the uh, Indians, are not really all that offended by having uh, that memory and that honor bestowed upon them. Myself, um, I am uh, very large uh, quantities of both Seminole and Choctaw Indian, a little bit of Apache thrown in as well. So I, uh, I have at some point have done a little bit of research to find out if I qualify for any of that good government money or if I'm allowed to actually open a casino. And I don't think that I have enough percentage of either one of them to be accepted into either the um, uh, Choctaw Nation, uh, Seminole Tribe, or, or uh, I know I don't qualify uh, Apache-wise, and there's another reason why I, I don't really qualify for that. But I'll get into that some other time. But the bottom line is that I, uh, myself, I'm not bothered by it. And uh, none of the uh, native population with whom I interact uh, on a regular basis are offended by it either. In fact, the largest majority of um, the uh, last polling uh, uh, that took place with the, the changing of the Washington Redskins did not uh, have a problem with uh, the Redskins name at all. And uh, they thought it was a, a, tri a fitting tribute. But um, that's neither here nor there. did want to get into that. But I, I did want to talk a little bit about just being in Tampa for the last few days. It's been uh, refreshing, to say the least. As we know, many states, including my own in North Carolina, are excessively um, hindered from enjoying real life at this time. Uh, my uh, Corona Group and Fuhrer Cooper, uh, Governor Cooper, otherwise known as, in, in uh, North Carolina extended our um, or his modified uh, stay-at-home order until the end of February, and then we have no idea what he's going to do up there. Uh, although, uh, apparently, the, the data is showing some improvement in North Carolina, so we may get some relief uh, here at the, by the end of this month. Or God knows, wouldn't it be great if he lifted it and uh, allowed me to come home because I'm just not going to go home and live under those restrictions, especially after having been in several free states uh, or much freer states. Anyway, Tampa was, was an absolute joy the last few days. I actually got invited to a, uh, uh, Super Bowl related event, uh, on the Bay on Thursday night and which I was able to, uh, 
partake in a big um, bourbon and cigar soiree uh, right there on the water, and that was wonderful. And it was a you know crazy dancing outside no mask affair. And that was, uh, again, a refreshing relief from some of the places that I have been. And I'm not trying to rub it in, guys. I'm not trying to say, you know, this is na-na-na-na-na, uh, uh, look what I'm doing, and you don't get to do it. But uh, having said that, uh, on Saturday, <laughs> I also got to go out to another place and uh, saw some live music uh, in a really packed, crowded uh, sports bar, and the band was loud, and they were actually quite good, and I had a great time just, I mean, just sitting in that venue and taking in normal real life again after, you know, now we're coming up on a year of not being able to enjoy that uh, was was uh, an amazing thing. Uh, uh, experience and you, you know, if you haven't been able to experience that here over the last 10, 11, almost 12 months, I hope it comes your way soon. And then on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, which was yesterday, I had the opportunity to uh, spend time with both my kids. My, uh, my daughter and my son, uh, are both here right now. And so I was able to, um, enjoy the Super Bowl with them, uh, reminiscing on times when we used to go, watch the Super Bowl when they were little little bitty and we would find a venue to go watch it and, and enjoy it with a big crowd of people and I always thought it was better uh, to do it that way than to be sitting you know at home by yourself unless you're you know having your own party hosting your own party but um, we were able to find um, an incredible venue yesterday uh, where we were able to watch the the game and and all the the pregame festivities and I don't really have a whole lot to say about the game itself um, you know congratulations to, to Tampa Bay it was fun being here in Tampa Tampa Bay, um, uh, when it was all said and done and watching the streets uh, erupt, I think they, they had to finally clear a major intersection right downtown with some tear gas last night. I'm not, I haven't followed the story that closely. I don't think that there was any damage being done or any rioting or that sort of thing, but that uh, people just wouldn't leave and they finally had to get them out of the streets. That's the extent of what I've heard so far, but you may know more. Uh, and, uh, uh, because I'm disclaiming by saying, I don't know, I have no intention of uh, uh, retracting anything <laughs> that I've said at this point, because it's just not necessary. Um, still getting a lot of questions from people asking me about my personal circumstances uh, as related to uh, the events in uh, D.C. on January 6th. I have uh, not been contacted by the FBI. I have not been uh, approached by them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they have my phone number. They have my email address. They know how to reach me. I have um, uh, submitted all of my videos to various uh, media sources. I have a media agent. Um, uh, television stations have used my videos. Uh, they have interviewed me directly. Um, I have uh, no... Um, uh, I'm not on, even though I'm probably on a thousand different uh, uh, cell phone videos that are being circulated and reviewed by um, either the FBI, Homeland Security, Capitol Police, whoever's looking at those things. I'm probably in a thousand different videos, but um, uh, the res the resultant um, uh, evidence would be that I participated in no destruction. I participated in no breach whatsoever. I participated in no um, uh, abusive rhetoric or, or uh, violence, uh, attacking the the, the law enforcement officers whatsoever. I was there recording the event, as I said I was going to do before I left Raleigh and headed up there on the, on the, on the 5th. And that's exactly what I did. I followed the story where it went, and the story took us um, 
uh, from the uh, rally site down at the Ellipse in the Washington Monument to the Capitol itself. And when I got to the Capitol and I saw that the the um, um, rioting was fully engaged by the time we got there, uh, the, uh, that's where we went and followed the story. And by the way, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting um, uh, to follow what's happening and see the varying levels that people are being charged with that are being arrested for having been there. Obviously, we would all agree anybody that committed violence or destroyed property or kicked in windows or busted doors open or whatever the case may be, we understand that those people need to be charged uh, uh, appropriately and commensurately uh, for whatever crimes they actually committed. By the time we reached the Capitol, there were no longer any barriers. There were already tens of thousands of people that had were gathered around the the uh, on, around and on the Capitol grounds at that time. But I've also noticed that there have been some arrests of people who did not enter the actual Capitol building, but were on the grounds, and they're being arrested and charged with minor trespassing charges for just having been on the grounds itself, which I I just do not see any of that holding up in court. The lawyers are going to uh, get those dismissed because, A, there were no law enforcement on the grounds keeping people off the grounds or refusing them. Now, there may have been earlier, and we, we've seen videos of law enforcement and some what we call bike rack barricades that were you know at some distance uh, from the building itself. I, and I, I'm not sure how far away from the building those bike rack barricades were because by the time we got there, they didn't exist anymore. Uh, All that existed in that location or those locations were tens of thousands of people gathered um, uh, around the the building. And then uh, the next thing that um, uh, was obvious to any anybody paying attention is that uh, the the only law enforcement that were actively trying to prevent access much further were we're, we're working up at the building and on the building terraces itself and keeping those um, uh, who were who were trying to breach the police lines at that point. And, and there were, in fact, barricades up there. And that's where we you know, got a lot of our video. And, and some of that video has been used uh, by various media sources uh, over the last few weeks. And that's all I did was just take video. I uh, didn't breach anything. And in fact, as we've documented over and over and over and over again with the video to prove it, is that once the um, command was given to Capitol Police and uh, Metro Police who were there reinforcing to stand down, then there was in fact a flow of quite a few hundreds of people into the building itself. And they were they were unmolested, un, uh, unchecked, uh, the, the law enforcement officers uh, to a man and a woman were standing aside. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this at, at some length. In fact, I started writing about it again, but I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't finish this because I got caught up in the Tampa Bay Uh, festivities for the last few days. And so I was a little bit distracted. But, you know, this is something that I talked about at great length, great detail, long before Homeland Security, uh, FBI, Capitol Police, Metro Police, certain members of Congress, um, uh, long before they finally started admitting that they had the intel 
that there was going to be some sort of action taking place on the 6th. The, uh, long before that, before they started admitting it, I was here on these podcasts, on my blog, on all of my social media pages, telling you with great specificity that this was, in fact, a planned event. There was absolutely no way that you could be there on the 6th, see what I saw, record what I recorded, go back and look at the video to verify what I saw, and then the fact to learn because your mind misses so many things, uh, your eyes miss so many things uh, in such a, um, a hyper um, kinetic moment in time that we were going through for those couple of hours that you have to go back and look at the video to verify and, 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 and to maybe even, um, relearn and maybe even contradict what you thought you saw the first time. But long before the FBI and, and, and such started admitting that they had the Intel that this was going to take place. I was telling you this, this was planned. This was pre-planned. These these people that were there committing the violence, committing the breach itself, they, they came prepared for this. Now, the one thing that really, 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 really bothers me, and the one thing that they did not come prepared for, and I am tired of this narrative, and I'm still hearing it every day as you are, is that these were insurrectionists. Were there some, pro were there probably some individuals who had insurrection in their mind. I don't doubt that for a second, but they didn't come prepared for insurrection. Even those individuals did not at present count. There's only been like two arrests for firearms amongst the protesters, rioters, and, um, uh, those committing, you know, uh, property damage and violence, uh, at the, uh, Capitol Hill site. One was arrested on the site. He had a, uh, uh, he had a handgun, and I believe they reported that he had 25 rounds of ammunition. They arrested another one who, uh, at his car, which was several blocks away, they found um, uh, another weapon and several, uh, like, they, I think they, like 100 rounds of ammunition. I'm not sure what the weapons were. But that's the extent of the firearms that were, were discovered that day by those who were, in fact, committing violence against uh, law enforcement and against the Capitol building itself. The intention of those going forward is really hard to define under the um, uh, definition or auspices of insurrection, considering that Every single one of those law enforcement officers um, at Capitol Hill uh, Police Department, uh, the, the uniformed officers, the plainclothes officers, private security for the Senate, the senators and the, um, uh, the higher end muckety mucks, such as the Speaker of the House and, and uh, um, uh, the uh, obviously uh, Vice President Pence and so forth and so on, were all heavily armed. And um, this crowd was not. And the one thing that absolutely did not have to happen is that the very first breach of barricades that I mentioned earlier that never were seen by the tens of thousands of people, including myself that arrived after the violence and the, you know, the escapades up at the Capitol um, uh, terraces were, were after those, those were going on, uh, th those, those barricades were, were not there. And the one thing that they knew in advance, as I said before, and that they're admitting in the, you know all the major all the major um, uh, media sources 
New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, blah, 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 right down the line, is that they knew this was coming. And the fact that they knew this was, this was coming and the fact that that, that initial breach of those barricades earlier in the day, long, long, long before Trump finished his speech, by the way, did not have to happen. If those armed officers had been down there in force and had drawn their weapons and said, you're not coming past these barricades, that would have been it. Nobody would have walked past those barricades. As it is, we have video of law enforcement officers not only opening gates, but we even have one of Capitol Police officers. She's waving them in. And then they go up to the next level, and now there's another line of barricades, and then... This is where that you know that skirmish line or scrum line or the riot line or whatever you want to call it, where the actual the biggest scenes of violence were taking place against the, the Capitol uh, police officers, and in which many of them were injured, uh, and which uh, uh, there was you know a good hour or more of uh, hardcore violence by my own timelines and my own. Um, uh, video recordings and the metadata that we went through painstakingly to um, uh, verify timelines with the, with my media agent. And so we know how things unfolded. We know exactly what time things un unfolded. We know that the, the skirmish was going on before Trump ever finished his speech. We know that the people that were there involved, that were wearing riot gear, that were wearing um, protective um, uh, vests that had tactical gear that had helmets that had walkie talkies that had um you know m primitive weapons <laughs> you know whether they were baseball bats or, or axe handles uh, or they had their bear spray whatever that they were going to take over the um most powerful nations uh most powerful nation in the world's capital building uh yeah this was not an insurrection can is there anybody, is there anybody, I don't care if you're on the right, if you're on the left, if you're conservative, if you're Republican, if you're Democrat, if you're libertarian, I don't care what political faction you identify with. Is there anybody who can prove to me that this crowd intended to overthrow the government of the largest most powerful nation in the world, unarmed. Bring me the proof on that, and I'll back off on my assertion that these charges that are being brought against many of these people are largely over-exaggerated and are going to be uh, mostly dismissed in, in court. Now, there were a few individuals, as we know, man, those guys that walked in there with tie straps and uh, claimed... Uh, on social media that they were going to either uh, kidnap or, or harm uh, Congressman or, or Vice President Pence or anything of that, that sort. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna face some severe uh, prison penalties, and, uh, and they should. But I will tell you that the, the vast majority of those people that just all of a sudden looked up, they weren't even participating in the skirmish line. This is, this is the one thing that has to be... Um, it, it, it's part of the narrative that just has to go away. People not even participating in the skirmish line that were just there watching it with their mouths open and just going, wow, this is really happening. Whether they were supportive of it mentally, uh, verbally, 
Neither one of those are a crime, by the way. Uh, whether they were just standing in absolute awe that this was happening, awe in a good way, awe in a bad way, I don't care, awe in a you know, gratified, glad to see the government being attacked way, or like, oh my God, this shouldn't be happening way, because we have all those reactions on video. We have every single, we, we have the entire gamut of human reactions to what was taking place on the 6th, on video, on audio, we've seen it all. Actually, We've seen it all, the people that pay attention to all sides of the news. Those who only watch um, the uh, mainstream media have not seen all the reactions and have not seen um, people that tried to stop the violence and people that protected police and people that stood between um, uh, windows and doors uh, from um, uh, violent activists uh, from the left and the right who were trying to breach the building and harm other people. So they haven't seen all of that. But those of us who have seen all of it know that we've seen the entire gamut of human uh, reaction to what was taking place. But what must be understood as is that the second that the law enforcement officers were given the order to stand down and don't make any mistake about this, these are command and control people. They do were not standing on that line by their own, uh, you know, choice. And they did not walk away from that line by their own choice. They're following all, uh, orders and that's just irrefutable. And so at some point, and I forget, I don't, I don't have my timelines right in front of me and I'm, I'm, I'm tired of looking at them, but at some point, after about uh, 2 p.m. that afternoon, law enforcement was given the order to stand down. And they did. And they walked aside. And doors were opened from the inside. Were there some windows that were busted open? Were there some breaches, actual breaches? Yes, they were. Yes, there were. But those doors were opened from the inside. The ones that I saw, the ones that I have on video, and then people just like, wow. I mean, obviously the insurrectionists or those who were who were trying to breach uh, police lines and those who were battling with uh, law enforcement, they did uh, go into the building first. And then crowds were just standing around going, oh, wow, we, we can go in? Because if you're in that situation and you see a line of two dozen, three dozen um, law enforcement fully armed, just standing there, many of them just tapping away and talking away on their on their cell phones, um, you know, but texting their wives or whoever they were texting, and they're just standing aside, and you're seeing just lines and lines and lines of people walking inside that building, and there's no sign saying do not enter. There's no barricades at this point. You weren't participating in any um, uh, insurrection-type activities. You weren't fighting the cops. You weren't being violent. You weren't breaking things. You were just standing there watching it, and all of a sudden, just people are pouring into the building. A lot of people just poured into the building. So my point being is there's a lot of interesting charges taking place right now. As I, as I mentioned uh, at, the, at the first part of that, a little bit of, uh, of, a, of a rant that you've heard me give probably before in various other forms and have written about. But that um, is leading me to, or leading me back to that earlier part of the discussion, which these chargers that are being brought against so many people are 
uh, way overblown. And um, as I'm reading the accounts of what people did, what they said, uh, we we ultimately have to come to a conclusion whether A, speech is a crime, uh, A, thought is a crime, B, what you've posted or ranted about politically is a crime um, as, a, as, as it relates to your social media um, uh, you know, posts, comments, interactions with other people. And if they are a crime, we're in trouble. And if they're not, then a lot of these people are being way, way, way overcharged. Uh, I think there's the, what was the, I uh, can't remember his name right now, but the, 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 the Cowboys for Trump guy uh, that was uh, arrested and then held without bond uh, with no bail offered uh, for several days. I think he's since been released, but uh, the first judge that uh, charged him said that, you know, based on the words that he had said, based on the, uh, not the actions, because he didn't even go into the Capitol building, but he was, he was being held on a minor misdemeanor trespassing charge for just being on the Capitol grounds inside where the original uh, barriers were, which he probably didn't even see because, as I said before, by the time we got there, they were all gone. So there were no barriers there and there were no police there keeping people off the grounds. It just didn't exist. So to charge people with anything at that point is absolutely ridiculous and fundamentally unfair. But, um, yes, the guy had some really awful things that he said. I mean, he, you know, he said some bad things, but there's no video evidence whatsoever that he actually was inside the building. Uh, he was on the grounds inside the original barricade line, so they're charging him with this very, very minor misdemeanor uh, trespassing, and then to hold somebody for trespassing without bail because of what he said. Uh, we have a problem in, in this country if that's where we're at at this point, and I hope, I hope, I hope that as this moves forward and um, these prosecutors come face to face with some very talented uh, lawyers that they are going to be backed down on some of these assertions about what people did. Um, what we say, what we do uh, are two completely different things. Uh, what we think, what we do are different things. Violence is violence, period. Silence is not violence, uh, nor is yet in this, in, in this country a thought crime. Because I'm going to tell you, Standing out there and watching this happen, if they wanted to arrest me for the thoughts that I was having, well, they probably should arrest me for my thoughts if, if that's a crime. Because as I look up at that dome of that building and I know the malfeasance that has been going in there for so many decades and, you know, 200 years, I, I know how many liars are sitting under that dome. I know how many people uh, are, are actively working inside that building to destroy the foundation uh, of this country and the, the fundamental um, uh, founding principles of our Constitution and founding documents and, and, and original intent of our founders themselves. As I know how many people are in there actively working against that on a daily basis, which fundamentally then brings us back down to what are they working against? They're working against you and I. They're working against our individual freedoms and liberties. And that is uh, a maddening thing to stand there and stare at that building, knowing what's going on inside that, studying it as close as I do every day, watching uh, the recent events um, not just unfold, but just um, accelerate towards the loss of our uh, individual liberties. As, as events like the sixth are taken advantage of uh, in that way that we talk we hear all the time never let a you know good crisis go to waste 
as we see those things accelerating, it's hard not to see that particular event unfold and then go, God, you know, I want to be a part of this. But for some of us, um, better angels of our nature, um, our belief in the non-aggression principle, our belief in um, uh, that it's not yet time to um, refresh, you know, the... uh, the tree of liberty. But it's hard when you see all that going on. But the one narrative that, again, absolutely makes me crazy is that what we did not happen that day was there was no coup. There was no insurrection. That would be the first time in history that a major power of any kind, I mean, hell, has there ever been a small nation, um, a, a coup that was not armed? I'm sure there, there are probably some example of that, but uh, certainly not against a fully armed uh, police force with thousands of uh, troops just minutes away that an unarmed group of people were going to commit this um, act of insurrection against uh, the United States of America. It just It just didn't happen, and, and not by any uh, stretch of logic. So anyway, enough, enough of that rant. I need to uh, probably move on with what I'm doing here. I, I, I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm a little bit uh, out of sorts today. I don't have all my notes and everything together. I don't have Scott here with me to uh, you know keep me on point. But um, I, I do want to cover, uh, cover a couple of other things. Um, number one, we've been announcing for weeks that I was going to begin the uh, tour up to the northeast as we did the TPC road trip back here um, at the end of last year from Thanksgiving through new uh, to New Year's. And uh, we've been announcing that we were going to start putting this tour on the books for um, the uh, uh, northeast road trip. And then shortly thereafter, we would go out to the west. I hate to tell you, for those of you that were that were counting on that, or at least um, I hate to say it because it makes us look like uh, you know we don't have our you know you know what together. But the bottom line is is that um, I have been in the, in the process of starting a book now for uh, several months m- myself and um, Edmund Wright, who we've had on this broadcast and and has uh, written some uh, guest articles for TPC as well. He and I have for about six months been planning on writing a book about the uh, COVID uh, scamdemic, and that is uh, now happening in real time. It's a reality. We have begun that. The only reason that we didn't start on it six months ago is that, as you know, everything was unfolding. It was it was. We, we could never seem to find an end of it. That which was supposed to be, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve became, you know, two months of lockdowns and became three. And then all of a sudden my calendar, you know, started getting cleared for the rest of the year. Um, I ended up being in one of those non-essential categories uh, of being unemployed for the, you know, almost a, a year now. And then as a result of that, um, uh, or should I say, in addition to that, um, Edmund as well has ha- has taken a severe beating in his in his businesses as well, and that is uh, the perspective that we're going to come after this book uh, or, or come after this story is that we're not writing this as scientific experts. We're not epidemiologists. We're not in the medical profession. We are normal, everyday businessmen who come from a couple of different industries, who also happen to be writers, who also happen to be thinkers, who also happen to have a following for what we've had to say over over a a number of years. Not a gigantic following, either one of us. 
And but we do have people that pay attention to what we have to say. And as a result of that, we had we had determined that we wanted to team up and write this book together. And then our original goal was to have uh, at least a draft done by the end of the year, because we just we just couldn't imagine that this thing was going to uh, carry on past the election. Well, obviously it did and it still is. And we still don't know the ending uh, of this story. And there's probably not going to be an end to this story anytime in the next two to three years. But we will um, uh, update the, the narrative as it continues to affect us and how it's affecting our lives. And I've, uh, as you know, those of you that have uh, been reading uh, what I've had to say about uh, COVID-19 for the last 10, 11 months, you know that I've done my best to stick to the to the math, uh, not the science and the data as reported by the governors or, or by uh, Dr. Fauci, because we know that um, the, the science has been uh, malleable at best. And, and that has been uh, uh, the basis that we have been affected is by the politis- politicization. Ugh, didn't say it. The politicization. I can't get it out right now. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The politics. The politics of the science have has uh, kept me unemployed, and unnecessarily so, and I've written extensively about that. I, I already have enough words for two or three books uh, that have been written about this. And so we're, the, 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 um, the time that I was going to spend going up on the Northeast tour, we have, we've already you know, set uh, project dates, um, and uh, we have uh, begun the process now. So that has been pushed a little bit further into the future before I hit the road again because we we now think that we have a point in the ongoing um, and evolving story of uh, COVID-19 that we can now um, put together that, you know, that 85,000 to 100,000 words that we need to to uh, get this thing going and and to say what we have to say and to point out the the math and the politics uh, of why um, this did not have to happen and this did not have to unfold in the way that it did, and uh, what we think that the you know the um, the the net result is going to be uh, for us in the short term and the long term, uh, both economically, politically, and otherwise. So we do have we do have a lot to say about it, and we're compiling all of that right now, and we are starting the writing process just this week, as a matter of fact. So uh, we're, we're going to put that two months aside that I was going to spend on the road is now going to be spent sequestered away somewhere and, and uh, working on this book. So uh, I hope that you look forward to that and we'll be releasing excerpts of that sort of thing and, and teasing with you, uh, teasing you with that over the course of time. Now, addition, uh, in addition to uh, writing the book, we still are going to um, continue uh, uh, what we have been Scott and I, what we have been ramping up here over the last few months, we're going to continue getting out more podcasts. It's becoming uh, easier for me to do this because I'm, while I'm mobile, I'm taking everything with me. You can see, you know, for the last two or three, I've been in a different place every single time. And we are able to um, uh, record these things just, you know, basically wherever I'm at uh, uh, in, in the world. So we're going to be doing a lot more of this. I'm probably going to be doing a lot more of this instead of writing uh, blogs and doing typical social media posts just simply because it's easier for me to just set this up and rant for a while than to 
through my, go through my normal writing process. And since that's going to be really focused on the, um, uh, the COVID book, then I probably am going to be doing a lot more talking to you than writing uh, about what I see every day. Uh, don't know if that's a good thing for you or if that's something you're going to be looking forward to or something that's going to um, scare some of you off, but that's just kind of the way it's going to uh, unfold over the next couple of months. But having said that, I do want to update you on a little bit on the social media side. Um, we, I did actually start a new, believe it or not, all my you know ranting against Facebook deserve it as much as they deserve it. I've actually started a new Facebook page, and the Facebook page is actually in my name. It's just Steve Baker TPC. All right. The reason why I've done that is, as you know, don't need to go uh, beat this dead horse anymore. We have been insanely throttled and shadow banned by Facebook on the Pragmatic Constitutionalist page. And so we ran out there and we did all the other things. You know, we've, we've got the MeWe pages, we've got the Gab page, we've got uh, our, our locals.com, uh, um, you know, we're, we're on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, we've got so many outlets now that I, I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with them. But we still have these 35,000 people that ostensibly follow us on the Pragmatic Constitutionalist Facebook page. And we still, after all of these months of being throttled, can't get to everybody and tell them where we are because we've had our um, uh, uh, ad account suspended as well. And and I don't need to go back and, and revisit the unfair fact-checking and how they're, you know, they, they will fact-check a an opinion piece with an opinion piece by one of the mainstream media fact-checking organizations, and there's nothing I can do about it. They've given me the opportunity to um, appeal, and I, I just still I just don't want to do it. I don't I don't feel like they deserve four hours of my time to sit down and write and go through the appeal process, and so I'm just not going to do it. So what we um, what I did just this past uh, couple of days is I did open up another Facebook page. It's again, it's just my name, Steve Baker Dash. TPC, find me there, go in there and like that page, follow that page, and then we're going to try and move as many people over from the Pragmatic Constitutionalist page to that page, and so we can just make you aware of where we're going, what we're doing, that sort of thing. So these are the things that I really hope that you'll do, all right, and just the top of the list. All right, so just since we mentioned that one first, go do that. Go like and follow the new Steve Baker dash TPC page on Facebook. If you're still on Facebook, um, we're on me. We have got two, we've got a page and a group on me. We, so go, uh, follow those. We are now on gab.com under the pragmatic constitutionalist. All of these should be able to be, uh, easily searchable, um, uh, in that manner. Uh, we are also, and this is, uh, kind of our new hub as we've talked about before on locals.com, which is Dave Rubin's, uh, crowdfunding slash creator site. And we really do, uh, you know, the, the good book says you have not because you ask not. I'm just telling you right now what we're doing costs money. And, um, and the, the fact that I've been unemployed for, uh, almost a year now means that that money is almost gone. So, uh, we're, we are definitely looking for underwriting for the, uh, the book effort. We're, we're shopping for that right now, but there's no guarantees of that. Um, and I will tell you that with absolute certainty and uh, promise you cross my heart, hope to die, stick a thousand needles in my eye is that if you are one of our supporters on locals.com, you will get to see previews of this book 
manuscript. So you will get to see what's happening with that before anybody else does. And and you get to see that for only $5 a month. So that's it. I mean, $5 a month. Subscribe to us on Locals.com. So it's actually thepragmaticconstitutionalist.locals.com. Just go there. Subscribe. For as little as $5 a month, you can you can commit to more. You can even do one-time donations. But for as little as a commitment of $5 a month, uh, you will get exclusive content that will be found nowhere else in the TPC uh, universe, uh, on any of our social media, our podcasts, our, our YouTube, or anywhere else. So it's going to be exclusive to you there, and that will include excerpts and uh, chapters from the, the new book as, we, as, as they unfold as they evolve, uh, because this is an evolving story as we, as we know. So, um, uh, please do that for us. If you would, um, it, it will be a, um, huge, huge benefit to us being able to not only, um, uh, um, get this project started, uh, maintain the pace uh, of the project without getting distracted by other opportunities or things that we need to chase in order you know, just to pay the bills. Um, but it, it, it is the world we lived in, uh, we live in right now. I, I don't have the problem of some of the bigger sites, as you know. We, we're we're here, we're seeing every single you know Tim Pool just got kicked off of uh, Twitter. Um, we're seeing um, major you know major uh, conservative and liberty voices that are being demonetized from YouTube, uh, kicked off Facebook, um, demonetized in every other way, shape, or form that they can be. And um, in a small way, obviously we have been, but we have a smaller, a much smaller audience. Um, on Facebook, and that's where we began uh, TPC. And so, yeah, we, we've been we've been basically shut down for all intents and purposes without them actually hitting the off switch. But they've shut us down by just not being able to get to everyone and uh, let them know what we're up to. So we're going to con- continue plowing forward and making sure that that happens. But those of you within the sound of my voice right now, please take a moment. Go to the pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com, <coughs> excuse me, and um, uh, commit just to, to $5 a month, and that will go a long way to helping us uh, accomplish what we need to accomplish with all the, uh, uh, not only the book, but the uh, continued expansion of what we, we are up to and what we're doing um, both uh, overtly and covertly. And then I will get on the road again. I promise you that. Uh, my schedule this year is. I do have some things, um, you know, for those of you that know, I am in the music business and I have bands of my own, I have three bands, and I do have some things on the calendar that begin in April. I do not intend on now taking this road trip um, before then, but because of the COVID um, uh, fear-mongering, People have been afraid to put events on the calendar, so my calendar is very, very weak this year. I, I do have things on the books all the way into have contracts signed all the way into 2022 uh, but it's very very thin it's thinner than it's ever been in, in my career and that is uh, unfortunate uh, from my own personal income standpoint and in terms of my job but it's also going to allow me to do the things and commit the time that we have uh, now uh, promised everyone that we will do towards um, building and growing and, and maintaining TPC because as I mentioned um, here two or three four months ago what is whatever it's been because of what government has done making me non-essential we've decided to make TPC our first priority and then my what has been my career for 40 years is now uh, in the second seat and so this is now um, uh, 
job one for you. So thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, nothing else that I really need to cover here right now. I'm going to try and do a lot more of these and get better at it because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I have spent all these years writing and have not, have not spent a lot of time behind this, you know, behind this type of microphone. I've spent, you know, four decades behind uh, a microphone stage, but this is different. So I'm learning how to do it. I'm, I hope that I'm getting better at it. I hope that you're paying attention. I hope that uh, you will tell other people about what we're doing and that you'll bring them here. And uh, we're going to get uh, more exciting as this goes on. We've got a lot. We've got a lot of plans. Uh, we just have to. We have to get to them and get through um, what you know limitations that we have uh, currently relating to um, both you know uh, financial limitations as well as the circumstances of the day relating to what we can do and how, how, uh, how we're able to set up meat and, and, um, uh, circulate among other people, as you know, because of the COVID lockdowns and that sort of thing. But we're out there and, uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, aggressively moving forward with your, with your help and with your support and, uh, you know, obviously your attention. So, like everything, comment on everything. Everything that you do opens up the, the algorithms everywhere. Uh, so um, thanks. And uh, once again, this is Steve Baker, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist. And I look forward to uh, getting in front of you again very, very, very soon. Probably not here in Tampa. I am headed west. Thanks. <laughs>